And it's just been a, a, a wonderful thing this morning to praise God and to praise Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, who is worthy to be praised. So I'm just filled with joy, and if I, I get a little emotional sometimes, so just bear with me. If you see tears and stuff, it's okay. Um, and I do want to acknowledge today as Father's Day, and I know Steve did a wonderful job of doing that. Thank you, Steve. And it is Father's Day, and today is a great day. Many of us can look back and say, thank you, God, for the Father that you have given us. And we want to concentrate on God the Father, our true Father, the perfect one. And we think some of us have hard feelings on this day. Some of us have lost our dads. And it's a hard day to think back and to think they're not here, they're not sitting next to us. And uh, we think also of, you know, many of us never, some of us didn't know their dad. Or some of us wish, unfortunately, they, they didn't. So it is a tough day. And I was thinking during the week, you know, what verse can I give as an encouragement? And, you know, I keep coming back to Joshua, to our memory verse. Joshua 1.9, our memory verse. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Do not tremble or be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Amen? So I'd like to go to prayer before I start. Heavenly Father, we thank you and we praise you that you are the one who is strong and courageous that we can be through your Holy Spirit. We thank you that you tell us not to tremble or be dismayed because you are with, you, with us wherever we go. We thank you we can call you Abba Father. Oh, we are your children. We're heirs of you, O oh God, and fellow heirs with Christ. We thank you for that, Lord. If you are for us, who is against us? You did not spare Jesus, your own son, but you delivered him up over for all of us. How will you not also be with us freely, giving us all things? And Father, I just am so thankful that we can say there is nothing that separates us from the love of Christ. Not tribulation, not distress, not persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword. Nothing. So we thank you for that, Lord. I thank you for the account today that we're going to go through in Genesis, where Abraham is asked to have faith beyond measure, to sacrifice his one and only son, the son that he loved. And may we just think today, Lord, that it points us to Jesus Christ. And may you take my babblings, Lord, and get rid of it and just whittle it down to what you want us to hear, Lord. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, I was sitting on the grass with my daughter in the backyard as I normally do and in the summertime, and we just will get a blanket, and we will just sit on the blanket, and we will watch the sun set. It's an awesome thing just to be calm and watch the sun come down. And I um, told you a little motion. So my, my daughter and I will watch the sun come down. And one particular time, my daughter turned to me. She jumped up. She must have been four or five. She looked at the sun, and then she looked at me, and she said, pause that. And then she turned away and went in the house. And she really meant, pause that. She always see me with the clicker. I'm the one pausing everything. And she looked at me, and when she left, I thought, what responsibility? Our kids look at us, and they think, we could do only what God can do. Jesus Christ is the only one who can stop the sun in its course. And I was blown away 
So today I want to focus our message on the fact that Jesus Christ is the only one that can help us as in our families, as parents, right? And, and, and as aunts and uncles, not just parents. But anybody who is there for a young child, it is Christ, the only one who can help us. So today I wanted to look at the radical faith of a father. You think of Abraham. This is an amazing account. But just before we get into it, I just want to look at some things here. The radical faith of a father produces reliance on God. So faith we want to look at as trust or dependence on God based on the fact that we take him at his word and believe what he has said. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the convictions of things not seen. For by it men of old gained approval. One of the things we did in our house to kind of help our kids understand that there is a God but you can't see him, we would do this thing called Just Like Air, God is There. We got it from a devotional book and you put your hand in front of your mouth and you blow on your hand and you feel the air but you can't see the air that keeps you alive. So we would say with them, Just Like Air, God is There. A great way to understand we can't see God but we believe in him, right? We believe in God, but when you blow on your hand, you, you can't see the air, but it's there. And it was one way we were teaching our kids. And then we have to think, those are the definitions of faith. And then we think of the source of faith. Favorite verse in all the Bible, it is so well known for, by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God. I'm so thankful that God would love us so much that he would give us grace. We, we are by grace, you have been saved through faith. And if you look, it says, and that, not of yourselves. The word that is pointing back to grace and faith, that those are gifts of God. I'm so thankful that he would love us so much that he would give us grace and that he would give us faith, that we could love him and honor him and know him. Now, if you turn to Genesis 22, I just want to read a couple of verses. Now, it came about after these things that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, here I am. And he said, take now your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on the mountains of which I will tell you. This is an unbelievable request. He's asking him to sacrifice his son, his one and only son, the one that he loves. He's very specific to tell Abraham that because it's not Ishmael. It, it's not the servant in his house. It's Isaac, the one you'll be reckoned through, the one that's going to make you right with me. He's saying, give him up. Give him back to me. I, I can't imagine what he must have been thinking. And sometimes God will do that to us, right? He will crumble our whole worlds around us. He crumbled Abraham's world around him. Sometimes our lives are built on different pillars that have nothing to do with God, has everything to do with this world. And when they crumble, we have nothing left to stand upon. But us as believers in Christ, as children of God, we do have something to stand upon. The rock, Jesus Christ. And I just wanted to give you an example in my own life I don't always do the right thing. I sound great up here, very confident, like, oh, I'm always so faithful. You just ask my family. I'm not always so faithful. And I had listened to this um, 
this brief story about a man. He was walking on a cliff, and he fell over the cliff, and he was holding on to a branch, and he was just dangling there, and this is how it goes. Is anybody up there? Yes, I am here. Who's that? The Lord. Lord, help me. Do you trust me? I trust you completely, Lord. Good. Let go of the branch. What? I said, let go of the branch. Is there anybody else up there? Right? Do that all the time. Unfortunately, almost every day. So we see that we laugh because it's true. We're like that and we need help. But we have to understand that God will never put us through anything that we cannot handle. 1 Corinthians says, No trial has overtaken you that is not faced by others. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tried beyond what you are able to bear, but with trial will also provide a way out so that you may be able to endure it. I cannot think of no more greater responsibility than being a leader of the home, than being a father or a mother, or someone in charge of children, that we would have to and need to ask God for faith to help us. We need to ask God for help. I cannot do it on my own, and you can't do it on your own. So the radical faith of a father produces reliance on God, and it also produces reliance on prayer. I'm just going to pick on my brother Steve for a minute because he blessed me this morning. Um, I was thinking about prayer, and we were sitting in the room there, and they were praying for me before I came up, and he said, I've been praying for you all week like you were sitting in my van. It's like, Amen. Prayer is powerful. The effective prayer of a righteous man accomplishes much. We cannot do this thing that God has given us to do without prayer. You cannot do it. It is our lifeline with God. And I just wanted to share a story with you about a missionary back in the 80s. He was in the Philippines, and he decided to pray to God. His heart was burdened for America and for the kids in America. And he said, I am going to pray. And he prayed to God and he said, God, I I just, if you give me a son, I will make him a preacher. I promise you, I will make him a preacher. So he went home and told his wife and told his four kids, and and he told them all about it. They named the baby before it was conceived, and it came about. She became pregnant, but it didn't go well. She almost lost the baby four times. She was told that it was just flesh inside of you, a tumor, have an abortion, She became gravely ill and almost died. Again, she almost lost the baby four times. But they prayed and prayed for this baby who they called Timothy, who we know today as Tim Tebow, who this man, his father prayed for a preacher. And I saw him on a a commercial, and someone said to him, hey, you know, you prayed for a preacher, but you got a football player. But the mother said, no, he is a preacher, and he does preach Christ. And he may not be a perfect man, None of us are perfect, but he is preaching in the prisons, and he preaches in the Philippines. And this man had the uh, reliance on God to pray for this to happen, and it did. We think of Abraham. His life was saturated with prayer. Go through the account. Just don't take it from me. When you go home, take a look at the account of Abraham. He's talking to God all the time. 
And then we think the radical faith of a father produces obedience. Just bear with me as I read this. By faith, Abraham, when he was called, obeyed. By going to a place where he was to receive for an inheritance, and he went out, not knowing where he was going. By faith, he lived as an alien in the land of promise, as a foreign land, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, fellow heirs of the same promise, for he was looking for a city which has foundations, whose architect and builder is God. By faith, Sarah herself received ability to conceive even beyond the proper time of life, since she considered him faithful, he, what he had promised. Therefore, there was born even of one man, and to him as good as dead at that, as many descendants as the stars of heaven in number and innumerable as the sand in which is by the seashore. By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac, and he who had received the promises was offering up his only begotten son, and it was he to whom it was said, in Isaac your descendants shall be called. He considered that God, just listen to this point, it's so important, he considered God was able to raise people even from the dead, which he also received back as a type. Abraham was 75 years old when God called him. He literally called Abraham out. He called him out of where he was living, and he called him to himself, and he was 75. We see his name change from Abram, which meant father of many, to we get to chapter 22, and his name means father of multitudes. He did so many things in Abraham's life. The obedience that he had was long. And our obedience as children of God takes a long time too, right? It takes, our lives are long, praise God, but we have to rely on God. And the obedience that we have is not perfect. Abraham was not perfect. He was a liar. He lied to different kings and pharaohs. He was afraid for his own life. He was afraid that he would die because his wife was so beautiful. And when he would go into a land, he went into Egypt, there was a famine, and he went in to Egypt. And he said, just tell them you're my sister so they don't hurt me. Without any care for his wife, take her. I'll be okay. This is Abraham. This is the, the man that we're talking about today, that God is, is blessing so you, you, men, you don't have to be perfect. Ladies, you don't have to be perfect. We strive for holiness. We strive to be perfect. But God is the one who gives us grace and mercy when we stumble and fall, get back up and keep going. For me, I've shared, you, I'm sort of an open book sometimes when I get up here and you guys know everything, but... Um, you know, I, had, I have struggles, but in particular, I remember back just getting to a point in my life where I just said, I cannot go on any further. I'm, I'm just, I'm done. I hear people at work say that all the time. I'm done, I'm done, I'm done. Um, and I was really done, but I could just hear God saying to me, you could do all things through Christ. You could do all things through Christ. And that is so true. And you keep moving, and he gives you the power that you need when you're stumbling. And I think of obedience with a positive attitude, we move forward. Just look here with me. It says, now it came about after these things, God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, here I am. 
Here's Abraham with his arms wide open, standing there before God, just saying, okay, whatever it is, whatever you have to say to me, I'm here. Here I am. And I wish I could be like that all the time. Here I am, Lord. This is what Abraham says to God. He rises early after God tells him, take your one and only son that you love and sacrifice him. He gets up early the next day. Here I am. And he gets up early. The covers would be way over my head, and I would have locked the door. There's no way I'm going out. Or I would have gone out of the house. I certainly wouldn't have gotten up early, and I would have went in the other direction. Here I am. He cuts the wood for the altar. Here I am. He walks three days with his son to the mountain that God tells him to go. And during that time, his son asked him a question. And it always struck me that he said, Father, and he also says, here I am at that time to his son. I would have said, what do you want? Leave me alone. This is so stressful. I can't handle it. He says, here I am. Here I am. He bounds his son and places him on the altar. And as I thought of this, I thought, what about me? Do I say, here I am, Lord? Do I say, here I am to love you with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my strength? To love my wife as Christ has loved the church? Do I say that? Do I say, here I am, Lord? I'm going to bring my children up in the admonition and the discipline of the Lord. Do I say, here I am, Lord, to forgive others who have hurt me? Do I say, I'm going to forgive them just as Christ has forgiven me? Do I say, here I am, Lord, to pray and to love my enemies? Do I say, here I am, Lord, I'm not going to be anxious anymore. I will not be anxious. That's not going to happen in my lifetime for me. But I know he gives me grace not to be anxious and to trust in him. But I do hope and pray that I'd be able to be like Joshua and to stand there and say, here I am. As for me and my house, I will serve the Lord. The radical faith of a father produces worship. follow along. Verse 3, Genesis 22. So Abraham rose early in the morning and saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son. And he split the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place which God had told him. And on the third day Abraham raised his eyes and saw the place from a distance. And Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey and I, I and the lad will go yonder and we will worship and return to you. We will worship. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on his son Isaac, and he took it in his hand and the fire and the knife so that the two of them walked on together. And Isaac spoke to Abraham, his father, and said, My father. And he said, Here I am, my son. And he said, Behold the fire and the wood, but where's the lamb for the burnt offering? You know, we think of of worship. And one of the things I thought about was, as I already said with, with Abraham, he didn't exasperate his son. It says, fathers, do not exasperate your son or your children and said, bring them up in the training and the discipline and the instruction of the Lord. And I think of Abraham here. This is exactly what he is doing. This is what he is doing to Isaac. He's showing him what true worship is. Do you know that he said to, the, to his men that were there, he said, we're going to go and worship? 
He's going to sacrifice his son. He's, going, he's obeying God. I think in my own life, exasperating my children, I've done that. And I've, one of the, the stories that I think of best is, for me, you know me, and you see me in the hallway, and I smile and I say hello to you. I think, wow, what a nice man he is. But you don't ever want to work with me. You don't ever want to put something up in my backyard with me or change the oil in the car. That's, you don't want to do that. So my children have pretty much figured that out. They all scatter when I say, well, i got a project to do. And um, one particular time, I had a project. And I was laying underneath the sink. My neck was cranked. I'm trying to get it. The water splashing in my face. And I'm changing something in the bathroom. And I had my son help me. And I said, Robert! I get, he gave me permission I could do this. I said, Robert, can you do me a favor? Can you just plug this in? No, Robert, plug it in. Now I'm laying on my back, my neck like this. Robert, plug it in. Now I start yelling, he starts crying, and my wife comes in and she's like, what are you doing? So we ask him, what's going on? Why are you disobeying daddy? He said, because my hands are wet. And you told me if I plug it in, I'm going to get electrocuted. (laughs) I tell you how horrible. Don't exasperate your children. I had taught him not to do that. And here I am yelling at him. We must give our children clear direction. How did Isaac know there was no lamb? Abraham taught him. From he, when he was a little boy, he knew what it was to worship God. We must teach our children from the word of God. This is where we should teach our children from. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God. The Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. These words which I'm commanding you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your sons and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk in the way, and when you lie down and when you rise up. We need to give clear direction. They will go their own way if you don't show them direction. And my mother-in-law has told this story many times, and every time I think, this is I have to use this somewhere. And I finally found a place to use it. Children need clear direction or they will do whatever they want to do. And my father-in-law, when he was young, had a cousin. And then they all played in the backyard. And as they were playing in the backyard, they thought it would be a really good idea to hang one of them. So they took a rope, put it over the tree, and put it around the young boy's neck to hang him. The aunt came by and said, what are you doing? Get down. And the young boy that was just about to be hanged said, oh, come on, you always ruin our fun. They will do whatever they're going to do if you don't give them clear direction. And I tell you, this world, I just took a look. Go on the internet, listen to TV, listen to what's happening, where your children are out in that world and what they're getting bombarded with. I won't even get into because I don't think it's appropriate. It is off the charts horrible what they will get out there if we don't direct them. The other thing I wanted to mention is that, you know, this is sort of directed this morning at fathers and mothers, but you know what? We all impact each other here as brothers and sisters in Christ in this church. The other day, I was standing in my backyard at night, looking into the graveyard. I saw a light, and I started to think, man, there were kids staring right back at me. And I had my cell phone, I'm going like this, I'm looking at them, and they're, they're not moving. They're, not, they're hanging out in the graveyard, and they're not moving, and they're looking at me. So now I'm like, now what do I do? 
you know, so I kind of backed away. Then my kids came out, and then I scared my young daughter. I said, this kid's up, you know, it was a mess. We're shutting the, the doors and everything. The next morning, I decided to go up into the graveyard. If, if you don't know, I live right down here in the graveyards in my backyard. I walk up into the graveyard, and there is a solar light placed next to the gravesite of, so, of Dear Saint, and it just lights up at night. So what I thought was these teenagers that were going to come chasing me down the hill was just a light. <laughs> and as I was walking back, it struck me. I saw names like Pultz and Schwamm and Delina and Marquis and Mers. It, the list goes on and on and on and on. And Peterson, it, each one of those families had an, has an impact on my family for Christ. So today I just wanted to make sure you got that message, that you have an impact on the people and the children and the families around you. And lastly, I just want to concentrate on the fact that when we worship with our families, we need to worship and focus on the Lord. This is an amazing account that we have here this morning. It says, Abraham says, we will worship and come back to you. Abraham believed that God could raise Isaac from the dead and that God would provide a lamb if he wanted to. Mount Moria here in this account, as Scripture tells us in Chronicles, it is the future place of Solomon's temple. It is the future place of Jerusalem and Calvary. God is moving Abraham towards the cross. Isaac carries the wood as Jesus Christ carries his cross. They walked three days as Jesus rose on the third day. Isaac submits to Abraham. Now you have to understand, Isaac is probably between 15 and maybe 20. Abraham is over 100. He could have taken him easy, and he doesn't. Isaac submits to Abraham as Jesus submitted to God. Abraham goes to sacrifice Isaac as God has sacrificed Jesus Christ for our sins. And he stops Abraham to show him his future salvation. In Genesis 22, 13, it says, Then Abraham raised his eyes and looked and beheld behind him a ram caught in the thicket by, the, by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up for a burnt offering in place of his son. See, the Lord will provide and has provided a lamb for us. Behold the lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Can you see John standing there by the river saying, Behold the lamb of God. That is what we're supposed to, in faith, in Christ, be telling our children Behold the Lamb. We literally be moving our children towards the Lamb of God. That's what God wants us to do. And you don't have to be perfect. He will give you the strength. He will give you the might to do it. He provides. His name is Jehovah Jireh. It literally means, I will see to it. God had and has all things under His control. And He provides at the right time. Now this morning what I want to do, something that we don't normally do, so I hope it works out, uh, we're going to be playing a video. And I was going to talk through the video while you watched it, but then <laughs> I sort of decided maybe that's not a good thing. I'll just tell you, when you watch the video, just think of all the things that you do in your life to, to move your kids towards Christ, to have faith and to help them to know Him. But sometimes when you do that, it doesn't look like much. You might get discouraged 
And life is hard and difficult when you're doing that. And I know I piqued your curiosity, so you'll see. But as we watch this, it's just understand that God is the one who gives us the power and the strength and that we should be teaching our kids to be looking for the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world.